This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. On this day in 1977, 27-year-old actress Krista Helm was stabbed and killed on the streets of West Hollywood. Days before her death, Helm sent a postcard to a friend. It read, I'm in way over my head here. I'm into something I can't get out of. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Jamie Rice, of the podcast Murderish. Episodes of Murderish take you on a chronological journey through a fascinating murder, disappearance, or mysterious death. Jamie also interviews people involved in high-profile crimes, bringing you a deeper, more personal perspective. She's here today to discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story, while I'll cover the narrative. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to dive into the tragic murder of Krista Helm. Living in L.A., this case hits close to home, as I'm sure it does for you too, Vanessa. Oh yes, it does. I'm thrilled to have you help cover this case. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Now, let's travel back to the Hollywood Hills on the evening of February 12, 1977, sometime after dark. Krista Helm and her roommate, Stephanie, were going out dancing in West Hollywood. The 27-year-old bombshell actress lived the life of a carefree disco party girl. But Helm was no Faye Dunaway or Jane Fonda. The young actress's career hadn't been propelled into the type of stardom she so badly desired. Instead, she was more famous for making headlines in the gossip columns. Helm moved to New York at 21 and California at 23. But wherever she was, she was networking. And it was easy. She was outgoing, personable, and funny. Friends described her as gifted, courageous, brilliant, creative, and a rare shining light with no fear. Not to mention, she was beautiful and not the least bit shy about flaunting her sexual prowess to men or women. By 27, Helm had slept her way into some of the most powerful circles in both New York and Hollywood. Her flings allegedly included the likes of quarterback Joe Namath, rocker Mick Jagger, pop singer Engelbert Humperdinck, director Roman Polanski, and actors Desi Arnaz Jr., George Hamilton, and Warren Beatty, not to mention the Shah of Iran, Mohammad Reza Pahlavi. 
and supposedly she kept detailed accounts of her sexual escapades in a little black book. There are claims that it included a grading system, ranking her most intimate encounters from best to worst. Along with the book, there were also rumors that she had taped some of her rendezvous, and that book and those tapes were said to go everywhere with her. The night of February 12th was no exception, when Helm partied at a nightclub in West Hollywood. As the night wore on, Helm phoned her friend Sanford Sandy Smith. He was a Hollywood talent scout. She wanted him to come out with her, but Smith said no. He was heading to bed. Helm wasn't used to hearing the word no, especially from a man. So she grabbed her roommates and decided to drive to Smith's house. She'd surely be able to convince him in person. We know that the car arrived at Smith's address on Lloyd Place in West Hollywood. Shortly after, Helm was attacked right outside the house. Whoever it was made sure she didn't survive. Helm was stabbed upwards of 20 times, which included wounds to both her face and neck. She was then bludgeoned with a blunt object and left to bleed out on the street. Stab wounds in her hands and arms indicate that Helm fought back against her attacker, but it wasn't enough to save her life. Her body was found shortly after by a man who happened to be crossing the street. Allegedly, he watched her let out a long, deep breath. It was her last. According to Smith, he never saw Helm that night. He was asleep. He heard nothing, not even her screams. As for the purse that likely held her little black book and some very scandalous tapes, it was gone. Coming up, did Hollywood's biggest stars conspire to cover up Krista Helms' murder? This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Now back to the story. On the evening of February 12, 1977, 27-year-old actress Krista Helm was murdered outside of Sanford Smith's home in the Hollywood Hills. My guest host, Jamie, is going to take over from here to discuss the details of Krista Helm's mysterious murder. Thanks, Vanessa. Here's what we know about Krista Helm. She was born Sandra Lynn Wolfile in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and came from humble beginnings. Her childhood was riddled with abuse and violence from the various men her mother, Dolores, brought home. At 16, she became pregnant by a man named Greg Clement, 10 years her senior. 
They had a shotgun wedding in Chicago, but after their baby was born, Clement vanished. Helm was left to fend for herself, waiting tables. Then, she and fellow waitress Diana Mitchell were invited to attend a show at the Playboy Mansion in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Both women were asked back to audition and they were hired on the spot. Neither of them actually ended up working as bunnies, but the flirtation with a new lifestyle planted a seed in the girls' heads. Then, when Helm turned 21, she and Mitchell moved to New York to pursue modeling. Helm eventually got a job waiting tables at the Gaslight Club, where she met her first celebrity boyfriend, Buffalo Bill's safety, Ray Abruzzese. Other influential friends included Candy Darling, the iconic transsexual model made famous in Andy Warhol's art, and Broadway producer Stuart Duncan. Pretty soon, Helm's modeling career took off. She moved into a luxury apartment and bought a brand new Corvette. It's important to note, however, that there are quite a few claims that Helm didn't exactly become independently wealthy. It's likely that she was partially funded by the wealthy men she kept in her company. At 23, the actress moved to Hollywood, where she expanded upon her luxurious lifestyle and continued making connections. While some might refer to Helm as a Hollywood starlet, the truth isn't quite so glamorous. Today, her IMDb page has just a handful of credits, an uncredited role on the 1970s TV series Starsky and Hutch, a woman named Rita on an episode of Wonder Woman, and a bit part in the sea horror film Legacy of Satan. Her one starring turn was in a film called Let's Go For Broke, an R-rated James Bond-esque movie where Helm played the lead, Jackie Broke, but it didn't exactly break the box office. Perhaps the most interesting thing about Helm was the lengths that she went to in her quest for fame. When acting didn't work out, she tried singing. She secured a record deal for a disco album, but the project fell apart before it was completed, though not before it spawned a steamy tryst with her female backup singer, Patty Collins. The one single she made, Let's Go For Broke, was featured in the film of the same name. And then there was the little black book. Some claim she kept it so she could one day write a tell-all memoir. Others thought it was a way to blackmail her way into the industry. But no matter which way you spin it, that book and her sex tapes are most likely the reason she was killed. The strongest piece of evidence to support this conclusion is the lack of press attention surrounding her murder. It's led some to believe that one or many figures in Hollywood bury the story. Police interviewed more than 70 suspects, but each and every one of their leads allegedly went cold. Based on the number of vital organs that were hit during the attack, some believe Helm was assassinated. Others believe it was Lionel Williams who had committed a strikingly similar murder just one year prior. More recently, however, police took DNA evidence from Helm's fingernails. And as it turns out, her attacker, or one of her attackers, was female. So who killed Krista Helm? From the Shah of Iran to Patty Collins to Sanford Smith, the list of suspects from the Little Black Book is endless. 
there are many household names who are still alive today, going about their days, comforted by the fact that Helen's book and tapes never saw the light of day. The question is, who wanted it most and who had the means to not get caught? As for Krista Helm's daughter, Nicole, she still seeks justice for her mother's brutal and untimely murder. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on Krista Helm, check out the episodes of ParCast original Unsolved Murders that dive deeper into her case. Thanks again, Jamie, for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. You can find my podcast, Murderish, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at Parcast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Connor Sampson, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 